Welcome to Bandcamp. My name is Jennifer. And I'm Dan, and this is the podcast where we read banned books and try to figure out why they were banned in the first place. And this season, we are reading The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Spoilers are inevitable as we are reading the book out loud in its entirety. So if you want to get up to speed without being spoiled, check out Bandcamp Season 4, Episode 1, and you can catch up that way. Also, feel free to join the discussion with us over on Instagram. You can follow us at Bandcamp underscore podcast, and we will include the direct link in our show notes. Now, before Jennifer starts reading, let's introduce the third member of our team. Look at this guy. He's a major league stud. He's our robot. He's going to give us a quick overview of where we left off last time. Last time on Bandcamp, Huck stashed the stash in the most chilling of places with a dream straight out of Dan's nightmares and an undertaker who could give Mr. Bean a run for his money. We navigated the darkly humorous waters of Twain's world. Oh, and the king and the duke are really awful people. What happens next? You're about to find out. And with that being said, let's begin chapter 28 of Huckleberry Finn. Oh, it starts with a by and by. Oh, good. I don't think we've had one start with by and by before. I thought by and by had to happen after something already started. I've seen it at the start of a sentence before. Something already did happen. The dude got buried with his 6K. Oh, that's right. Well, by and by, something was bound to happen. (laughs) By and by, it was getting up time. So I come down the ladder and started for downstairs. But as I come to the girls' room, the door was open. And I see Mary Jane sitting by her old hair trunk. (laughs) sorry it was open and she'd been packing things in it getting ready to go to england but she had stopped now with a folded gown in her lap and had her face in her hands crying i felt awful bad to see it of course anybody would well i don't know about that (laughs) yeah i mean the duke and the king wouldn't they wouldn't care yeah i went in there and says miss mary jane you can't abear to see people in trouble and i can't most always tell me about it. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. The sweet boy wants to talk about feelings. That's right. And was Miss Mary Jane awful handsome? I think she is the awful handsome one. Yeah. So she done it. And it was the N-words. I just expected it. She said the beautiful trip to England was most about spoiled for her. She didn't know how she was ever going to be happy there knowing the mother and the children weren't ever going to see each other no more, and then busted out bitterer than ever and flung up her hands and says, Oh, dear, dear, to think they ain't ever going to see each other anymore. But they will. And inside of two weeks, and I know it, says I. Uh Uh-oh, did he slip? Uh Uh-oh. Maybe this is where he's going to come clean. Is that wise? I mean, wouldn't he want to write the letter and give it to her and then, like, run? (laughs) Well, first of all, do you think this is actually happening? What do you mean? Like, I can't really imagine the king and the duke are going to take the kids. Oh, no, they're not taking them. They're going to probably be like, meet us at the dock. And then they'll Mm. arrive at the dock with all their belongings, everything they possess in the world, because everything else has been auctioned off. So you're telling me that they're not taking the girls to England. They are making them pack up all their worldly possessions. Mm -hmm. And then they're just going to take their bags of frocks and gym cracks and knickknacks or whatever and just steal everything they can from these poor girls yeah everything else is already sold 
except what's going into her hair trunk. And then they'll probably say something like, go down to the ferry dock and we'll meet you there at seven. And then no one shows up. Speaking of hair trunks, you ever hear of the trunk killer? The trunk killer. And now true crime in less than 60 seconds with Jennifer. This woman in Arizona, this is a long time ago, I think the 40s, someone was killed. It was an accident. I don't remember who killed who, but there was this dead woman in the house. And so she called her boyfriend. He was married to someone else. Her beat? Her beat. She called her beat. And he's like, don't worry about this. No one has to know. And he cuts up the body. I think two people died, actually. Cuts up the bodies, puts them in trunks, sends her to the train and with the trunks and says, okay, take this train to San Francisco. When you get there... My partner will meet you, and then he'll help dispose of the bodies. She gets there with the trunks. No one meets her. She's standing at the platform with chopped up corpses in these trunks. She gets the blame. She goes to prison. Unbelievable. I don't like that at all, Jen. In fact, that turned me off of trunks completely. I know, right? A trunk in a trunk. Laws, it was out before I could think. Oh, so he didn't mean to say it. And before I could budge, she throws her arms around my neck and told me to say it again, say it again. Oh, gosh. Okay. So she really is sad about these. um, Oh, man. The black people getting split up, the family. I see I had spoke too sudden and said too much and was in a close place. I asked her to let me think a minute. And she sat there very impatient and excited and handsome, but looking kind of happy and eased up like a person that's had a tooth pulled out. So I went to studying it out. I says to myself, I reckon a body that ups and tells the truth when he is in a tight place is taking considerable many risks, though I ain't had no experience and can't say for certain. But it looks so to me anyway. Yet, here's a case where I'm blessed if it don't look to me like the truth is better and actually safer than a lie. So he's saying the truth looks better than a lie? Sometimes these double negatives really trip me up. I think it's funny. This poor kid, he lies so much. Yeah. Like, oh my God, you know what? Sometimes, not often, but sometimes telling the truth might be a good thing. (laughs) Might even be easier. I must lay it by in my mind and think it over some time or other. It's so kind of strange and unregular. I never see nothing like it. Well, I says to myself at last, I'm a going to chance it. I'll up and tell the truth this time, though it does seem most like setting down on a keg of powder and touching it off just to see where you'll go to. Then I says, oh, here it comes. Wow. <laughs> I'm nervous for him. This is probably a major turning point. <laughs> Let's see. Miss Mary Jane, is there any place out of town a little ways where you could go and stay three or four days? Yes, Mr. Lothrop's. Why? Never mind why yet. I'll tell you how I know the N-words will see each other again inside of two weeks here in this house, and prove how I know it. Will you go to Mr. Lothrop's and stay four days? Four days, she says. I'll stay a year. All right, I says. I don't want nothing more out of you than just your word. I'd rather have it than another man's kiss the Bible. She smiled and knit up very sweet. And I says, if you don't mind it, I'll shut the door and bolt it. Then I come back and sit down again and says, Don't you holler, just sit still and take it like a man. I got to tell the truth and you want to brace up, Miss Mary, because it's a bad kind and going to be hard to take and there ain't no help for it. 
These uncles of yourn ain't no uncles at all. They're a couple of frauds, regular deadbeats. There, now we're over the worst of it. You can stand the rest middling easy. It jolted her up like everything, of course. But I was over the shoal water now, so I went right along, her eyes a-blazing higher and higher all the time, and told her every blamed thing, from where we first struck that young fool going up to the steamboat, clear through where she flung herself onto the king's breast at the front door, and he kissed her sixteen or seventeen times, and then up she jumps with her face afire like sunset and says, The brute! Come, don't waste a minute, not a second! We'll have them tarred and feathered and flung in the river! Says I, certainly, but do you mean before you go to Mr. Lothrop's, or... Oh, she says, what am I thinking about, she says, and set right down again. Don't mind what I said. Please don't. You won't now, will you? Laying her silky hand on mine in that kind of a way that I said I would die first. I never thought I was so stirred up, she says. Now go on, and I won't do so any more. You tell me what to do, and whatsoever you say, I'll do it. Well, I says, it's a rough gang them two frauds and i'm fixed so i got to go and i'm he's screwed why they're dependent on him they're dependent on him he should just leave just him and jim should get out of dodge what are, what are they waiting for i don't know anyways and i'm fixed so i got to travel with them a while longer whether i want to or not i'd rather not tell you why and if you was to blow on them this town would get me out of their claws and i'd be all right but there'd be another person that you don't know about who'd be in a big trouble. Well, we got to save him, hain't we? Of course. Well, then, we won't blow on them. So he's trying to protect Jim here. That's good. Good. He's growing. Saying them words put a good idea in my head. I see how maybe I could get me and Jim rid of the frauds, get them jailed here, and then leave. But I didn't want to run the raft in the daytime without anybody aboard to answer questions but me. So I didn't want the plan to begin working till pretty late tonight. I says, Miss Mary Jane, I'll tell you what we'll do. And you won't have to stay at Mr. Lothrop so long, nother. How's fur is it? It's a little short of four miles, right out in the country back here. Well, that'll answer. Now you go along out there and lay low till nine or half past tonight and then get them to fetch you home again. Tell them you've thought of something. If you get here before 11, put a candle in this window, and if I don't turn up, wait till 11, and then if I don't turn up, it means I'm gone and out of the way and safe. Then you come out and spread the news around and get these beats jailed. Good, she says, I'll do it. And if it just happens so that I don't get away, but get took up along with them, you must up and say, I told you the whole thing beforehand, and you must stand by me all you can. Stand by you? Indeed I will. They shan't touch a hair of your head, she says, and I see her nostrils spread and her eyes snap when she said it too. Oh, man, when a girl does that, that is serious. <laughs> I know, right? If I get away, I shan't be here, I says, to prove these rapscallions ain't your uncles, and I couldn't do it if I was here. I could swear they was beats and bummers, that's all, that that's worth something, and there are people that ain't going to be doubted as quick as I'd be. I'd tell you how to find them. Give me a pencil and a piece of paper. There, Royal Nunsuch, Bricksville. Put it away and don't lose it. When the court wants to find out something about these two, let them send up to Bricksville and say they've got the men that played the Royal Nunsuch. And as for some witnesses, why, you'll have that entire town down here before you can hardly wink, Miss Mary. And they'll come a-biling, too. 
That's a good plan. Yes. Very good. I judged we had got everything fixed about right now. So I says, just let the auction go right along and don't worry. Nobody don't have to pay for the things they buy till a whole day after the auction on accounts of the short notice. And they ain't going out of this till they get their money. And the way we've fixed it, the sale ain't going to count. And they ain't going to get no money. It's just like the way they was with the N-words. It weren't no sale, and the N-words will be back before long. Why, they can't collect the money for the N-words yet. They are in the worst kind of a fix, Miss Mary. Well, she says, I'll run down to breakfast now, and then I'll start straight for Mr. Lothrop's. Deed, that ain't the ticket, Miss Mary Jane, I says. By no manner of means, go before breakfast. Why? What did you reckon I wanted you to go at all for, Miss Mary? Well, I never thought. And come to think, I don't know. What was it? Why, it's because you ain't one of these leather-faced people. I don't want no better book than what your face is. <laughs> the weirdest thing I've read wow. in a while. You got to admit, she's not one of these leather-faced people, Jen. <laughs> a body can read it off like coarse print. Do you reckon you can go on and face your uncles when they come to kiss you good morning and never... There, there, don't. Yes, I'll go before breakfast. So she's not a good liar. She ain't got that right. poker face. Right. I'll be glad to. And leave my sisters with them? Yes, never mind about them. They've got to stand it a while yet. They might suspicion something if all of you was to go. I don't want you to see them, nor your sisters, nor nobody in this town. If a neighbor was to ask, how is your uncle's this morning, your face would tell something. No, you go right along, Miss Mary Jane and I'll fix it with all of them. I'll tell Miss Susan to give your love to your uncles and say you've went away for a few hours for to get a little rest and change, or to see a friend, and you'll be back tonight or early in the morning. Gone to see a friend is all right, but I won't have my love given to them. Well then, it shan't be. It was well enough to tell her so, no harm in it. It was only a little thing to do, and no trouble. And it's the little things that smooths people's roads the most down here below. It would make Mary Jane comfortable, and it wouldn't cost nothing. Then I says, there's one more thing, that bag of money. Oh boy, <laughs> how's he going to explain this one? <laughs> there's just one more thing. <laughs> God. Hi, I'm Dan. And my name's Jennifer, and we're from Bandcamp a comedy podcast where we read banned books and try to figure out why they were banned in the first place. Season six of Bandcamp premieres on June 4th, and we picked a fantastic book for this season. And the name of the book is Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Allier Science. It's our first contemporary book. It explores friendship and sexuality through the experiences of two Mexican-American teenagers living in El Paso in the 80s. If you are new to Bandcamp, each season we read an entire book. In each episode of that season, Jennifer reads the chapter out loud and we comment and try to have fun as we go. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Thursday. So please join us as we try and figure out why Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe could have ever been banned. But I bet we're not going to find anything because banning books is stupid. Season 6 premieres on June 4th. See you there. Well, they've got that, and it makes me feel pretty silly to think how they got it. No, you're out there. They hain't got it. Why, who's got it? I wish I knowed, but I don't. I had it because I stole it from them, and I stole it to give to you, and I know where I hid it, but I'm afraid it ain't there no more. 
I'm awful sorry, Miss Mary Jane. I'm just as sorry as I can be, but I done the best I could. I did honest. I come nigh getting caught, and I had to shove it into the first place I come to and run, and it weren't a good place. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, stop blaming yourself. It's too bad to do it, and I won't allow it. You couldn't help it. It wasn't your fault. Where did you hide it? I didn't want to set her to thinking about her troubles again, and I couldn't seem to get my mouth to tell her what would make her see that corpse laying in the coffin with that bag of money on his stomach. So for a minute, I didn't say nothing. Then I says, I'd rather not tell you where I put it, Miss Mary Jane, if you don't mind letting me off, but I'll write it for you on a piece of paper, and you can read it along the road to Mr. Lothrop's if you want to. Do you reckon that'll do? Oh, yes. So I wrote, I put it in the coffin. It was in there when you was crying there, away in the night. I was behind the door, and I was mighty sorry for you, Miss Mary Jane. It made my eyes water a little to remember her crying there all by herself in the night, and them devils laying there right under her own roof, shaming her and robbing her. And when I folded it up and give it to her, I see the water come into her eyes, too. And she shook me by the hand, hard, and says... Goodbye, I'm going to do everything just as you've told me, and if I don't ever see you again, I shan't ever forget you, and I'll think of you a many and a many time, and I'll pray for you too, and she was gone. Pray for me? I reckoned if she knowed me, she'd take a job that was more near her size, but I bet she done it, just the same. She was just that kind of girl. She had the grit to pray for Judas if she took the notion. There weren't no back down to her, I judge. You may say what you want to, but in my opinion, she had more sand in her than any girl I ever see. In my opinion, she was just full of sand. What, what is that? Does that what, what you're doing? Oh, grit, grit, grit. Oh, grit. It sounds like flattery, but it ain't no flattery. And when it comes to beauty and goodness, too, this is the one he's going to marry, right? According to the hairball, right? I mean, he sounds like he's been taken. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And when it comes to beauty and goodness too, she lays over them all. I hain't ever seen her since that time I see her go out of that door. But I reckon I've thought of her many and many a million times, and of her saying she would pray for me. And if ever I'd a thought it would do any good for me to pray for her, I blamed if I wouldn't have done it or bust. Well, Mary Jane, she lit out the back way, I reckon, because nobody see her go. When I struck Susan and the hair lip, I says, What's the name of them people over on the other side of the river that you all goes to see sometimes? They says, there are several, but it's the Proctors mainly. That's the name, I says. I most forgot it. Well, Miss Mary Jane, she told me to tell you she's gone over there in a dreadful hurry. One of them's sick. Which one? I don't know. Leastways, I kinder forgot. But I thinks it's... Sakes alive. I hope it ain't Hanner. I'm sorry to say it, I says, but Hanner's the very one. Yeah, it's Hanner, right? Because that's his move. As soon as somebody gives him a name, absolutely, yeah. it's Hanner. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I'm sorry <laughs> to say it, I says, but Hanner's the very one. My goodness, and she's so well only last week. Is she took bad? Ain't no name for it. They set up with her all night, Miss Mary Jane said, and they don't think she'll last many hours. Oh, no. Is he inventing a disease on the spot? <laughs> there ain't no name for it only think of that now what's the matter with her i couldn't think of anything reasonable right off that way so i says mumps mumps your granny they don't set up with people that's got the mumps they don't do they 
You better bet they do with these mumps. These mumps is different. It's a new kind, Miss Mary Jane said, because it's mixed up with other things. What other things? <laughs> Why doesn't he just stop it? I don't know what things just, that's what she said. I'm from England. Listen, <laughs> you understand? I don't know if you went to a sick friend. Although I do want to see what's going on with the mumps. What other things? Well, measles and whooping cough and erysipelas and consumption and yellow janders and brain fever. And I don't know what all. How many things is he going to add to this? this I mean, he's, I funny. think he's just trying to get her to shut up, but he's only making it worse. He's <laughs> only giving her more questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My land, and they call it the mumps? That's what Miss Mary Jane said. Well, what in the nation do they call it the mumps for? Why? Because it is the mump. He should just say, I don't know. He exactly. can't say, I don't know. He doesn't know that phrase. Why? Because it is the mumps. That's what it starts with. Well, it's awful, I think, says the hare lip. I'll go to Uncle Harvey and, oh, yes, I says, I would. Of course I would. I wouldn't lose no time. Well, why wouldn't you? Just look at it a minute and maybe you can see. Hain't your uncles obliged to get along home to England as fast as they can? And do you reckon they'd be mean enough to go off and leave you to go all that journey by yourselves? You know they'll wait for you. So fur, so good. Your Uncle Harvey's a preacher, ain't he? Very well, then. Is a preacher going to deceive a steamboat clerk? Is he going to deceive a ship clerk so as to get them to let Miss Mary Jane go aboard? Now you know he ain't. What will he do, then? Why, he'll say. It's a great pity, but my church matters has got to get along the best they can. For my niece has been exposed to the dreadful pluribus unum mumps. <laughs> he made up a name for it. <laughs> he, he heard that somewhere. He dragged that out of the crevices of his brain. <laughs> and so it's my bounden duty to sit down here and wait the three months it takes to show on her if she's got it. But never mind. If you think it's best to tell your Uncle Harvey... Shucks, and stay fooling around here when we could all be having good times in England whilst we was waiting to find out whether Mary Jane's got it or not? Well, you talk like a muggins. Well, anyway, maybe you'd better tell some of the neighbors. Listen at that now. You do beat all for natural stupidness. Joanna's turning in to be a little typhoid Mary here. I know, she's like, let's just spread it the hell with it. She would not have worn a mask, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> She's an anti-vaxxer. That, I think, is what Mark Twain was getting at here. Listen at that now. You do be all for natural stupidness. Can't you see that they'd go and tell? There ain't no way but just to not tell anybody at all. Well, maybe you're right. Yes, I judge you are right. But I reckon we ought to tell Uncle Harvey she's got out a while anyway, so he won't be uneasy about her. Yes, Miss Mary Jane, she wanted you to do that. She says, tell them to give my Uncle Harvey and William my love and a kiss, and say I've run over the river to see Mr. and Mrs. Mm, what is the name of that rich family your Uncle Peter used to think so much of? Why, you must mean the Apthorpes, ain't it? Of course. Say she has run over for to ask the Apthorpes to be sure and come to the auction and buy this house because she allowed her Uncle Peter would rather they had it than anybody else, and she's going to stick to them till they say they'll come. And then... If she ain't too tired, she's coming home. And if she is, well, she'll be home in the morning anyway. 
She said, don't say nothing about the Proctors, but only about the Apthorps, which will be perfectly true because she is going there to speak about their buying this house. I know it because she told me so herself. All right, they said, and cleared out to lay for their uncles and give them the love and the kisses and tell them the message. All right, so the plan is set. Not the straightest line between two points, right? Exactly. Everything was all right now. The girls wouldn't say nothing because they wanted to go to England. And the king and the duke would rather Mary Jane was off working for the auction than around in reach of Dr. Robinson. I felt very good. I judged I had done it pretty neat. I reckon Tom Sawyer wouldn't have done it no neater himself. Of course he would have thrown more style into it, but I can't do it that very handy, not being brung up to it. Well, they held the auction in public square along towards the end of the afternoon. And it strung along, and the old man he was on hand and looking his level pisanist up there alongside the auctioneer and chipping in a little scripture now and then, or a little goody goody saying of some kind. The Duke is up there cooing. And the Duke, he was around goo gooing for sympathy, all he knowed how, and just spreading himself generally. Yeah, I like it. Would it be easy for you to just be saying nothing but goo goo? How hard would that be? Could you do that for a week? I wish that was my option. 30% of the time, I wish when somebody asked me a question, I just goo goo, goo goo goo. Yeah, I think I'm on board with you on that yeah. one. I, I could do it. But by and by, the thing dragged through and everything was sold. Everything but a little old trifling lot in the graveyard. So they got to work that off. Whilst they was at it, a steamboat landed. In about two minutes, up comes a crowd of whooping and yelling and laughing and carrying on and singing out, Here's your opposition line. Here's your two sets of heirs to old Peter Wilkes. And you pays your money and you takes your choice. What the hell does that mean? End of chapter. Robot, <laughs> help us out here. <laughs> How can you be reading the book out loud and still not get it? Basically, the king and duke think they've fooled everyone. Then a steamboat arrives. A bunch of people come off the boat, making loads of noise, laughing, and shouting. They're all joking around, saying something like, here's the real competition. Here are the real heirs of Peter Wilkes. You pick which ones you believe and bet your money on it. This is a huge twist because it means they might get busted for their lie. Okay. Oh, that's neat. So now the real guys showed up. It throws an entire wrench in Huck's plan, but yes. it's a good cliffhanger. I mean, I can't wait to get into the next chapter here. It's time for PPP, problematic points to ponder. What, if anything, would be considered banworthy in this chapter? No, there is nothing. This chapter for sure had nothing. We don't even have to talk about it. All right. Very good. All right. From banworthy to binge-worthy. Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. All right. Well, we've caused enough literary chaos for today. Thank you for listening, scary book people. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with one person to whom it would add value. Bandcamp is produced and hosted by Jennifer Davis and me, Dan Schultz. All media used in this production was done so under the protection of a fair use. See you guys next time. Bye.